Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of White Coats of the Round Table. Today, I am all by myself. I don't have Mike here with me, just as last week. So let's see how this goes. Uh, he was telling me about trying to talk by yourself for 30 minutes or so was quite the challenge. And I don't think I've done that in a long time, maybe some interview prep, uh, but I'm excited to try and do this and see if it's something that I could do again. Last week was great. We had Nook on. Nook Chen was discussing his involvement and his excitement about entrepreneurship in healthcare and starting a business while he was in school and trying to balance everything in life in order to still work a 40-hour job plus have a full-time business on the side and get an entrance into an accelerator program. And it got me thinking about how people that carry on two different businesses or rather one really busy life, how do you manage it? And how do you stay sane? How do you stay comfortable with your life? And there are many different tactics, but today we're going to discuss meditation and specifically meditation as a tool for pre preventing and treating burnout for, for healthcare professionals. Meditation is something that I've done for probably about two, maybe three years now. It started off... I, it's not something I was looking into. Uh, it's not something that was ever truly encouraged. However, once COVID hit, there was a lot of com a lot of companies out there were focusing on employee wellness, many different tactics to attack the burnout that everybody's been feeling, and also as a tactic to help prevent. And there's many reasons why companies would want to get involved in that. However, the company that I specifically worked for, uh, they did sign uh, some agreement with the Calm app. Prior to that, we were trying out Headspace. And at that time, I, we were getting a, a year subscription for free to try out. Um, and who doesn't like free stuff? So I downloaded Headspace at first. And I remember trying for the first time and it seemed a little, for me at least, it was a little nerve wracking because I didn't know if it was going to work for me. And I'm someone who doesn't really like to, uh, I'm going to say waste my time on developing something that I have no idea if it's going to work. But many health professionals and many stress reduction programs and blogs, blogs, everything out there recommended meditation. So I did try, I sat down, put my headphones in, selected the first headspace meditation I could find. And it was, it was interesting. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't really know how meditation really even worked, but I sat there and when I was done, I opened my eyes and got accustomed to the room again. And I can discuss that a little bit more later, but uh, a part of many different meditations 
are to really go internal and relax and find a sense of calm and grounding. So when I remember opening my eyes, just the feeling I had, the feeling of rest, the feeling of purpose, the feeling of knowing myself, found, I found it very beneficial. So it's something I continue to do on a daily basis. And then Calm, the Calm app came around and it was the same deal. My, my company purchased annual subscriptions for any of the employees you wanted to try. And so, of course, I jumped on board. And that's when meditation truly, really kicked off for me. And I'll, I'll go into the specifics in a little bit. But just like anybody here listening, meditation may may cause some of you to turn off your ears, really just put this podcast episode to the side because it still does have this seemingly feeling of natural or hippy-dippy or new age science behind it or connecting with your feelings. And for some generations, mine and maybe some of the ones we've... Technically, I'm a millennial. Uh, meditation wasn't something that was promoted to the, I'm going to say, the general public. Not everybody really knew about it. And so it wasn't something that really was pushed onto people. So today, what I really want to focus on is not just telling you my story about how I found meditation helpful, but to give some real concrete reasons as to why meditation may help, discussing different types of meditation, also discussing different coping mechanisms or skills that you can carry with you throughout the day, practice even while you're at work, uh, so that you can connect better with your own feelings and thoughts and body. Uh, and I, we're just going to get right into it. We talked about burnout a while back. Uh, we had three episodes on burnout. If you haven't heard that, I would recommend going back and, and listening to those because there's a lot of information, a lot of data, a lot of studies. We reviewed some international and some companies that are native to the United States that really took the initiative to try and help their employees fight burnout. Well, let's talk about burnout really quick. We'll just give a quick overview again. So burnout is defined as a syndrome characterized by emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and reduced personal accomplishment. And it usually occurs in response to chronic work stressors. And according to the Maslach Burnout Inventory, burnout's measured by three dimensions. Again, emotional exhaustion, depersonalization, and reduced personal accomplishment. And we talked a little bit about how uh, we can view burnout uh, as a seesaw, or rather how we balance our life as a seesaw. And on one end are stressors, and on the other end is support, or support system or structure. And the reason why we end up burning out is because we have the weight of the stress on one end of the seesaw. On the other side of the seesaw, um, the support has seemed to just flutter away. So 
if we're going to talk about healthcare professionals, we need to discuss prevalence. How, how often is the seesaw off balance? So burnout rates among professionals and especially in the healthcare profession, it does vary, um, especially in the setting that you're in. Uh, you're going to find burnout probably more prevalent in a trauma or emergency triage situation as opposed to maybe somebody who is working in an office by themselves and maybe doing something they really enjoy in the healthcare space, whether it be insurance or industry, you name it. You guys and I'll think of those jobs where it seems like there's probably a little bit of stress or a lot less stress than maybe a trauma situation. But studies are suggesting that burnout is rising. And there's a couple studies that were done where there's a national survey of around 12,000 physicians who reported 42% of them felt burnout. Um, and then there's another study with nurse practitioners and physician assistants who worked in a family uh, care setting or a primary care setting who reported 35% burnout. Now, the reason why we want to address burnout can be from multiple angles. But in the situations I'm going to talk to you about right now, this does affect everybody. So burnout has been associated with negative outcomes, um, such as decrease in job satisfaction for one, uh, two, decreased quality of patient care, and also increased medi medical errors or medication errors, and increased rates of turnover and absenteeism. So those things affect us in our daily job. So if maybe one of our colleagues feels burned out and they aren't able to support the team as they may have used to, that's going to affect your work. That may be, that may put more work on you. Um, as an employer, think about turnover and absenteeism and labor uh, wages lost, um, product productivity lost. Uh, they should take interest in that. And then when we go a little bit more personal, when we, when we take a look at our own lives, all these things should really... Um, cause us to take pause and take inventory of our own lives. Are we a part of that system? Are we causing potentially harm to our own self or a decrease aptitude to give quality care to our patients or even provide the productivity or work that our employers expect out of us? And that can add even extra stress on. So if we're not dealing with our stress and we're on the tipping point of burnout, if we don't handle it, some of these things we may be doing to ourselves. So let's find some more support in our structured lives and introduce meditation into it. So in discussing what benefits that meditation might have for healthcare professionals. One study found that mindfulness uh, meditation for eight weeks reduced perceived stress by 31%. So if you told any healthcare professional out there who may work in this uh, psych fields to see a 31% in 
stress reduction or perceived stress reduction, if I can say that correctly, that is a miracle pill in of itself. Um, but the difference between taking a pill and practicing meditative practices is that it does take work, it takes time, and it takes introspection. Um, so moving forward, another, another study found that loving-kindness meditation increased positive emotions and reduced negative emotions for healthcare workers specifically. And I will post these notes and I have references to these studies so you can go back and take a look yourself. But the benefits for meditation in healthcare profession is obviously stress reduction and reducing those negative emotions you might feeling you might be feeling at work. So the role of mindfulness in reducing burnout, mindfulness, um, which involves paying attention to the present moment with a lack of judgment or non-judgmental awareness, it has also been shown to reduce burnout and improve well-being in specifically, again, healthcare professionals. And one study found that mindfulness-based stress reduction practices reduce burnout and perceived stress in healthcare professions. So it seems to be a consistent narrative that when we focus on improving our mental health, specifically with meditation, it is shown that it will reduce your stress and negative emotions, or at least perceived stress. Um, so if we think about the impact of introducing meditation in our lives, there's many impacts that can come on with job satisfaction and patient care. Um, so in moving forward, I want to talk more about the practical meditative practices, what this even means. What does meditation look like? So when, when I first imagined what it would be, I kind of imagined, I'm very visual. I imagined somebody sitting with uh, parachute pants on or harem pants or whatever you, what, what you might call it, sitting on a large pillow with long hairs and beads and, or long hair and beads and doing that, you know, for those of you listening and can't see me, touching your finger, your forefinger, your first finger to your thumb and holding the other fingers out. Um, that's what I imagine it would be, just sitting in silence. And boy, was I wrong. Uh, it's not how I've ever handled any of my meditations. So I want to break down for all of you a few different types of meditation that you might want to look into. And if something piques your interest, I will have more links and resources, books, apps that you can go check out and, and discover some unique ones that might be more beneficial for you. The first one we're going to hit is mindfulness meditation. So this type of meditation involves paying attention uh, to the present moment, but without judgment. And that might be a hard concept to understand, especially when you're in a stressed position. But the goal is to become aware of your thoughts and your feelings, uh, but to avoid getting caught up in those thoughts and feelings or even reacting to them. And these types of mindful meditation may be done in very different styles. So it could be done on focusing on breath, re repeating a phrase or word, or even just paying attention to sensations in your body. 
And then there's transcendental meditation. And this is one of those specifically mantra-based practices. And it may repeat, it may be repeating some sounds, some words, or even phrases, just to focus the mind to achieve that really deep state of relaxation. And those who do study this, they're probably going to sit there um, either on a uh, meditative bench, specifically one of those benches that sit very low to the ground. And when you sit on it, you actually, if you're doing it in a kneeling position, so your knees will be touching the ground, your feet will be underneath the chair, and your butt will sit at such an angle where it's very comfortable to sit with your spine straight. They may sit there for 20 minutes, twice a day, and silently repeat internally the chosen mantra that, that they found to help them. And they do find that it helps them with inner peace. The third type of meditation I want to discuss is the loving kindness meditation. Now, this one I've always found to be very difficult. Uh, this is the type of meditation, or it might, you might even heard of it as meta meditation. The practice involves uh, cultivating feelings of love, passion, and kindness towards others. But the ones I've done it really have been focused on loving kindness to yourself. And to me, even saying out loud, sometimes I, I hear that, I think. Okay. I've got to learn to love myself. That kind of seems too, um, too surface level or too... Um, attacking more of the facade that's sitting there rather than the deep things that are inside me. But a lot of the reasons why we even struggle at work or struggle in our life is that we set very high expectations for ourselves or high expectations for others that aren't met. And therefore we feel as though we failed in some sort of way. So to come back to yourself and say, no, you are good. You are safe. You are relaxed. You are, you're loved. Letting yourself know through your own words and your own thoughts, the reality of, of your life that you do have all these things is just hard to recognize it in everyday life. So if we move on to the next one, there's body scan meditation, body scans. Typically you will sit or lay down. Most of the time this is laying down, uh, Many meditative apps and guidances are set to do body scans either in the morning or in the evening while laying in your bed or laying down somewhere. And the point of this is to notice parts of your body, noticing sensations and really feeling them. You usually go from head to toe or, or toe to head, and it may be uh, deep muscle straining and relaxing, repetitive motions. Sometimes that's straining of the face where this may look silly if, you, if you're if you watching this, but where you scrunch up your face as hard as you can and hold it there for 10 seconds or so and then relax it. And you do that over again, uh, one, two, three times, just so that you can feel the sense of tightening and relaxing and that when you relax, you can stay in that state. And then you move down you might try it with your neck. You might, you might tighten your shoulders. 
you might go down one arm after that and tighten your bicep and then your tricep and it, and you do this all throughout your body until you feel that you have gone through all of your muscles and found a way to tighten and relax so you can stay in that relaxed position. Others might just be to feel sensations. Where might you be feeling pain? Where might you be feeling tingling? Uh, cold air, warm sense sensations. And the goal of this is to just release that tension and discomfort by focusing on your body sensations. Now, I found that this is an, a wonderful way to relax before going to bed because you really take inventory of how your body's feeling. Then moving forward, we have breath awareness meditation. Uh, another one where I never found this to be something exciting or something I really wanted to try. But as I was going through some of my meditations, I try and pick ones I haven't done before to explore different styles. So there are many different types of breath awareness meditations. To quick, quickly list them, you have diaphragmatic breathing, you have box breathing, alternate nostril breathing, Ouija, um, actually, I don't know how to pronounce this one. I've never really used this one, but it's, it is Yajayi breathing. Uh, and then we lastly have four, seven, eight breathing. Now in breaking these down, uh, they are just different ways of connecting to your own breath and how it nourishes you and can bring on relaxing sensations. It can lower your heart rate, lower your blood pressure, um, and promote muscle relaxation. So let's move into uh, diaphragmatic breathing, also known as belly breathing. You probably have heard that a little bit more often. For those of you who are performers or singers, you would have learned how to breathe correctly. Uh, I learned this in eighth eighth grade choir. Um, the The instructor tried to teach the kids to understand how to breathe with their belly by pretending there's a big inner tube around your mid waist, and that when you breathe, you want to try to push that inner tube out. Because most of the time when you breathe, if you notice, maybe you're listening right now, take a moment and just feel how you're breathing. Are your sh shoulders going up as you breathe? Is your chest going up? Are your intercostal muscles being a little bit stretched? Your collarbones moving? Probably the case if you're not really focusing on how you're breathing. But rather, try as you breathe just to push your belly out, breathe really deep. And as you breathe out, you push with your diaphragm back in. Like you're trying to make a, if you're walking past some good looking people you want to impress and trying to flatten your stomach, that's the type of pressure you want to put on your stomach as, breathe, as you're breathing out. Uh, this type of breathing usually is used to just reduce your heart rate and promote relaxation. As you do this, you do find yourself to be more relaxed. It can be used as part of the body scan at nighttime. And this is a practice that I use every single day. And then there is box breathing. This is probably the, the most well-known type of breathing. It involves breathing in for a count of four. You hold that breath in for the count of four. And then you exhale out for the count of four. 
and then you hold your breath exhaled for another count of four and you you do this cycle over and over and over again. Uh, that helps regulate the breathing and also to calm the mind. Uh, then there's alternate nostril breathing. This is something that I don't practice very often, a couple of times, but it involves breathing in through one nostril while you hold the other nostril closed with one of your fingers and then exhaling through the other nostril while holding the first one closed. So you're really breathing in one nostril, closing that nostril, and then breathing out the other nostril. And this technique has been said to help the different hemispheres of the brain. And then you probably guessed it, promote a sense of calm. The Ujjayi breathing, spelled U-J-J-A-Y-I, is a breathing technique commonly used in yoga that it involves breathing in through the nose and slightly constricting the back of the throat. And when you do this, it creates a whispering sound in the back of the throat and it can help focus the mind. Pro, uh, something I, I just haven't really got this one down yet. So it's not a tactic that I, I use. And then lastly, this is another one that I've used pretty consistently is four, seven, eight breathing. And this is a little bit different. It's very similar to box breathing in this way, but you inhale again with your diaphragm, you inhale through the count of four, you hold for the count of seven, and then you let out for the count of eight. As you can imagine, of course, any slow breathing or controlled breathing techniques are going to reduce your heart rate, reduce your blood pressure, uh, and also promote relaxation. Now, breathing is essential to good meditative practices because it shows control of your body um, it connects you with your your mind and your bodies so you make that connection using breathing techniques um, i find that at work specifically now this is where we can implement these things sometimes work can get very stressful it can get very overwhelming and it can get to a position where you just don't know where your mind is going. You just feel frantic, overwhelmed. It's not natural to recognize this and then use a technique that will stop your overwhelmed mind or your racing mind. So I had to set uh, reminders or, or timers for myself to say, okay, my timer goes off in an hour. How are you feeling, John? Are, do you feel stressed? Do you feel tight in the neck? Do you feel that you're breathing properly? Are you annoyed by people more often than, than usual? Are you talking less? Are you talking more? Just take a moment to settle in. What are you feeling? And if I'm feeling that stress, it doesn't take very long to do this breathing because you don't have to close your eyes to do this. You can count in your head breathe in, breathe out. Nobody ever has to know that you're meditating at work. I find this extremely beneficial, especially when there's a lot of people around and I can't just step out, especially when you're very busy and working with others. Uh, so with these breathing techniques, I would encourage you, if you've never tried any of these before, pick one that sounds interesting. I would recommend starting with box breathing, uh, just because it's easier to count the same number and you get into a rhythm 
And sometimes you can actually just stop counting because you have that rhythm down. Uh, there is a, a style of breathing, though, that while you're usually counting, you will breathe in, holding it, breathing out, like with the 478 method. But instead of always just counting the numbers of seconds you are breathing in, breathing out, you're actually counting the amount of times you have breathed. So at the end of each breath, you count one and then two, and you get up to 10, and then you count backwards again from there, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And if you get distracted and unfocused, you stop your breathing, go back to number one, and start back up again. And this isn't something that you have to, I've got to make sure I get to 20. It's to get yourself to a point where you recognize that you have reduced your stressors and you feel more relaxed. And that's individual for everybody. And then lastly, uh, the, at least number six, the type of different meditative practices that we can instill is more, this one's a little bit more active because we've talked a lot about these meditative practices that where you sit, you focus, you lie down. It's more of a relaxed state, very little body movement. But there are other meditative practices known as yoga and Tai Chi, not something to really think about Tai Chi being a meditative practice. But there are physical movements, slow and steady and purposeful, involving correct breathing while you're moving, that help promote that relaxation and focusing of the mind. Uh, so after going through these few different types of meditations, I'll tell you a little bit about how I handle my day. So there are moments where I am better on some days than other days at, at maintaining these meditative practices, but then I do notice the days that I don't do these meditations. So it's very obvious, uh, at least in my body. So at the beginning of my day, whether it is at home or right before I'm going into work, I will take a, a moment, I will open my Calm app, and I will continue on with either a series of meditations that I'm doing with Calm, or I may pick a brand new one that I haven't done, focusing on what I'm feeling. I'll try to take inventory for a moment and say, okay, do I feel stressed? Do I feel alone? Do I feel burnt out? Do I feel overworked? Whatever the, these feelings are, I try and find a meditation that focuses on that. And then I settle into it for a moment. I do have one of those cool little chairs you can sit on and kneel on the floor. But I also um, sometimes will sit in a, a chair straight up. Um, sometimes I may kneel on the ground without a chair underneath me. I may sit on a pillow cross-legged. There's many different modes to how I position my body. But I will sit up straight. And I will take just a moment to settle in to where I'm at in that day and give purpose to my meditation, really purpose that I'm going to focus. And so I'll take a few breaths and I'll turn on the, the guided meditations. And then it'll usually start off with some sort of breathing. One of the many different breathing types that I was just talking about. So for this instance, we'll say that we are just breathing in for four and breathing out for eight because you, you may or may not hold your breaths in between. Uh, 
but this this style is just another variation. And as you finish your breathing, most of the time these instructors who are guiding you through the meditation will take you through a thought process uh, or they'll do a, a body sensation, skill, learning, I'm not sure what I'm going to call it, but really focusing on the sensations in your body and staying still. So we'll take it two different modes, whether it be a very relaxing and internal meditation, or it may be one where you're picking out a specific thought or pattern that you recognize that you want to work on. So if we are using one of the ones we're just connecting to our own body and trying to find relaxation and comfort and calm, they may instruct you to notice anything on your body, any sensation. Um, if you can't think of a sensation or something that doesn't feel comfortable, it may be softly gazing at your hand. It may be focusing on a tingling sensation that's in on your kneecap. It may focus on um, a pain point that you're having. Maybe your shoulder has been messed up since high school uh, baseball. Maybe focus on that. Something that can just take your focus and you know that you can hold on to it um, and not allowing your mind to wander. Because, and I know I'm breaking out a little bit of from how I practice it, but I, I don't want to forget this point. The point of meditation is to take yourself out of your perceived reality or feeling of what's happening and trying to get to the state to uh, a state of focus on what is actually happening in reality. So if you're anxious and you're worried about the what ifs, what if I don't get this job? What if um, my spouse gets hurt? What if uh, financially I'm, I just don't feel financially secure? Whatever those thoughts are, it, this helps you get back into the facts and reality of your own life and not stop thinking about the what ifs and letting your mind spin. So the point of focusing on a specific point in your body and maintaining focus on what that feeling is, is to give your mind a break and allow it to focus on something physical that's happening on your body right now. So as I might work through that, it could be eight or 10 minutes. It could be as little as five minutes. Um, and some of these meditative practices will go on to maybe a little lesson where you will focus on gratitude per se, per se. And, and they may say, okay, we're going to talk about how gratitude helps reduce um, dissatisfaction. So think about something you're grateful for that you've done. Think, think about something that you're grateful for that somebody else has done for you. Now be grateful for what you have. Think about a couple of things that you have that you're um, Be grateful for what somebody else has on their behalf. Be grateful for everybody in the world show gratefulness for everybody and although it's just a feeling practicing gratefulness does we know this does bring more satisfaction because you see the reality of what you have um, or what maybe you don't have um, not even comparing it to others and just sitting in that gratefulness of the things that i have and that's just one example of a, a lesson that might be taught that day 
So when I finish with those thoughts and the practices and the coping mechanisms and skills that were being taught in this meditation, um, there will be a moment to which you will be instructed to get accustomed to the room again, bring yourself back to where you are by wiggling your hands, by wiggling your toes, by opening your eyes when you're ready and just looking around and taking in where you are. It is, it has really changed the way that I handle stress. It's changed the way that I, um, think about my life and the world around me. And especially in those moments where I used to get much more overwhelmed, uh, more consistently than, than now, where I will think in a moment of overwhelmed nature, I'll just think, okay, I know that meditation helps me. It's helped me so many times. Uh, I'm going to do that. And the more and more and more that you practice something when you're in a state of anxiety, stress, fear, whatever that strong negative emotion you're feeling, if you practice that over again, eventually your body will recognize that this is how you handle stressful situations. And I'm getting to that point. I'm not fully there, but the more and more that I see that success is what drives me more and more to practice meditation because it, it is work. It's a wonderful coping mechanism. Now, if you're wondering uh, how is this something that I can instill in my life or is, how is this something that I can start practicing tomorrow even or even tonight uh, whenever you're listening to this, I will give you a couple different apps that you can go check out. Um, I talked about two of them already. One would be Headspace. And it's again, another, it's a popular meditation app that offers guided meditation, mindfulness exercises, and something that I absolutely love is sleep sounds. And I'll talk a little bit about sleep sounds in a moment. Um, it does offer a variety of meditations for different situations. Uh, like we mentioned, stress reduction, sleep and anxiety. It does have a free trial. So. I, I do try to give some paid and some free resources so you can dip your toes in if it's not something that you think that you're ready for. Then there's Calm, the Calm app. Uh, this is one that I use consistently. Uh, it's It has the meditations, breathing exercises, but not just sleep sounds like with Headspace, but it has bedtime stories. And that's something I really, I do really like. They have, they even have ASMR stories of, uh, where you will hear, it might be the inside of a bookshop. It might be um, a tailor shop hearing the, the sewing machines or the, the, the cutting of fabric. Or it could be a celebrated uh, a celebrity voice. They call it celebrated voices. Or Matthew McConaughey is reading. Or your, your boy Harry Styles uh, reading a meditation I don't usually go for those. I do like some of these bedtime stories though, where uh, the fantastical lands or even taking a walk through different parts of the world where they're explaining and looking around, uh, something I really like are these sleep stories. So, uh, calm does also have a free, uh, trial for new users as well. So I would recommend either of those would be great. Uh, for other ones, we have insight timer and it's a timer really for more meditations silent meditations 
but they do have levels of experience. So if you're a beginner, you may not feel comfortable doing a long 20 minute meditation. You might want to start with three minutes or five minutes, which I still do those sometimes when I don't have a lot of time. So insight timer would be a good option. Mindful.org. It has much more, uh, many more resources other than, than just guided meditations. They have articles, they have books that they may recommend on their website and courses for mindfulness meditation. And my last recommendation is, I've never done this, but I've read about it. It's a mindfulness-based stress reduction called the MBSR. It is part of UMass Meds. You can find it actually on UMass Meds website, but it's an eight-week course developed by a John Kabat-Zinn, really a boot camp of sorts for meditation to get you um, up to speed, uh, giving you many more coping mechanisms. And uh, I'm, I'm going to look into it to see if it's something that I want to use as well. But if anybody else has done this, I'm, I'm curious to know what your experience with that was. So please reach out and let me know. Now, this, this conversation, although it's by myself, this is something I am passionate about. Uh, I'm already at 43 minutes and I didn't think I was going to be able to talk this long about meditation. And truly, I really believe I'm just scratching the surface at what meditation really is. So in the future, this will be something that we bring up again. Uh, and my hope is that anybody coming out of this today will say, okay, either A, I've tried meditation and I don't want to try it again. Uh, but I'll check out some of those resources. I'm happy enough with that. But I would ask everybody here listening today to just try it out. And you might feel silly. It's kind of feel feels like interviewing in front of the mirror. Um, practices that just feel uncomfortable because it's the first time you've done it. Take some time and really just commit to believing that it could work for you and and just nobody's watching you, just do it. Don't be embarrassed by it. Uh, I think that's really at the core of what happens with meditation is folks either see it daunting or something that they don't or can't do, or they feel embarrassed by doing it. But if these mechanisms work to reduce your stress and therefore increase your, your uh, love for your job or your love for your the space that you live in or your friends, um, that will reduce all these medical errors. This is going to reduce the turnover, reduce the stress on you or maybe your coworkers if either of you are having a tough time. This is science-backed at this point where it used to be this new age feeling. Um, we've got lots of data here, lots of studies showing that meditation is a great practice for those who find it helpful. I hope this is something that all of you uh, value or, or I challenge everybody to just take a moment, sit alone, download one of these apps or go to YouTube, do a free meditation and just see if it does anything for you. And it might not for the first time. It might be difficult to, to focus. I'd say give it a couple of tries. See if it works for you. It's something you can do standing at your workstation in the most stressful times. Next week, we're going to have Mike back with us, and we have a special guest 
coming and and I'm not going to say too much about it, but this is someone who uh, I respect and have found to be uh, very similar in the comedic style. So I really enjoy this next guest coming with us next week. Uh, we'll be talking about advocacy in healthcare, and I'm going to let the guest be a surprise uh, for those of you out there. Again, thank you for listening to another episode of White Coats of the Round Table. My name is John McDonald, and we are usually joined here with Mike Asbeck, not present with us today, but I am thankful to have the brakes back. Because I'm the gas, he's the brakes, I need the brakes. So if you join us next week, we'll be happy to see it. For those of you wanting to engage or ask questions or even give any ideas or topics that you want to discuss, please go over to www.whitecoatsoftheroundtable.com where you can visit us on our Facebook page or LinkedIn where we will certainly respond to anything that you have to say. Thanks for joining us again and we'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye.